Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. This episode with Hattie G. Jamal is, covers a lot of ground from Tunisia to Roger Penske to being a desk editor at a news station. I truly love this conversation and I'm inspired by her journey from being an intern at KPRC in Houston to a national TV host on The List TV. It was great fun talking with her and catching up and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Have a great day and I appreciate you listening. All right, we're here with Hattie Dijamal, and I'm grateful that you're here. We had a couple snafus on time zone differences, but whatever. Great to see you, and <laughs> welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate it, and it's kind of funny because uh, I did a little bit of research on you, but in, I was just killing some time because we had our time zone differences and I, would, I was watching new girl and you just look just like the, one of the girls in that. I mean, you're like her twin sister and I'm sure you've gotten that before. I have, yeah. Actually, actually from my childhood best friend, um, Terry, it's funny cause she watched that show. I remember, and she hit me up randomly. It was a while back too on Facebook. And she was like, she was like, I was just watching new girl. And she was like, there was a scene where the two of them were like, you know, in a library or something as kids. And she was like, that just reminded me of, of us. And she was like, you look just like her. So yeah, I definitely heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did some homework on you and you, were you raised in Tunisia or you just born there? What's the story on that? I was born in Tunisia and uh, I came to the States when I was about four years old um, and we came straight to Texas. So like we moved from Tunisia and then came to Fort Worth, Texas of all places. Wow. Do you Which have some memories of that? Back then, Fort Worth, Texas back then is not at all what it is now. Fort Worth well, back yeah. then was, was Fort Worthless is what we called it. And now it's like this thriving city with like all this stuff to do and stuff. But yeah. Do you have memories of it at all? Tunisia? Yeah. Oddly enough, um, I do actually. I had I had some memories of when I was very, very little. Um, and my parents were like, but it's weird because it kind of feels almost like I remember asking them about it because I was like, I can't tell if this is just like some random dream that stuck in the back of my head or if this was actually what happened. And I remember I would tell them things and they're like, How do you remember that? Like you had to have been maybe two or three at the most. Um so I do, I do have some memories of when I was really, really little, um, but I did get a chance to go back when I was in my early 20s. So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, being reintroduced to the country um, at that age. And for those who don't know, that's in Northern Africa, and I did my geography in, in between Algeria and Libya, correct? It's got a little bit of Sahara Desert in it even, which yeah, I didn't 100%. know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It is all Saharan uh, like that, that region. Uh, so you go South Tunisia, you're, you know, smack dab in the Saharan desert at that point. Wow. That's, I never knew that about you until I was like, okay, she's going to be on my podcast, do a little homework. <laughs> I, I typically don't like it. I know you're in the television business, so you got to do your homework and, and research 
who you're going to talk to, but I try to not to do too much of that. So the conversations yeah. become more organic because yeah, it's just more fun that way to discover things rather than, oh, so you're from, you know, I, I don't know, just my style with my podcast. That's all. Yeah. So, and I keep forgetting, yes, you are in a TV industry. You started it. Well, what I read was that you started at KPRC in Houston. Did you not? I did. I did. That was uh, KPRC, man. Those were the days. Um, I got an internship to work at KPRC while I was in college. And I went back to school. So I actually graduated fairly recently um, than comparatively, I guess, than what people would assume I've graduated in. But uh, I got my degree in 2017. And um, during that time, I was back in school. So I went back to school in 2015. And um, during that time, I, I picked up an internship at Channel 2. And then that internship, uh, that led to an opportunity to work as an assignment editor on the desk, which is basically like you are traffic control for the news station at that point. Like I, I have the utmost respect for every assignment editor out there. And I would not wish that position to, to my worst enemy because that job is a thankless job. It is your your job to kind of make sure like you are, you know, finding every bit of, you know, breaking news or anything that's happening out there. Like it's your job to find the stories, vet the stories, give the stories over to the producer, manage the reporters and where they're at. Like there's, you're basically traffic control for the entire newsroom. So it's, it's a tough job. Sounds more like a, a producer to me, not an editor, but anyway. But because that is what that basically a producer is. Calling it an assignment producer would make more sense, but right. I don't I don't question the system. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. And you know, you that's really cool that you did that because I just think that's fun to me because and nice that you got an internship there and that you know that obviously led to other opportunities and I'm just kind of talk about like why did you get why did you take that path? What, what led you to do that? What led me to, to end up um, in TV? So yeah. uh, it's a pretty long story, but I will say that, so I started off as an actor, right? So right. acting film community, um, and I really got into it in Houston. So I moved to Houston mm -hmm. um, in 2007, 2008-ish. And mm -hmm. during that time, um, again, like I, I told you, I came in, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, right? So when I moved to Houston, that was the first time in my adult life that I left um, kind of everything that I knew of because my dad moved out there, my immediate family moved, and then I kind of followed them out there. But that was the first time I, I never knew. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the city at all. I didn't know anyone at all. Um, I was also at a point in my life where I was kind of past that like college age where I wanted to like party, like school just kind of became a task at that point. So um, I tried to kind of, find something that I could do. And I started taking acting classes. And at the time I thought I was going to law school, right? Because, well, when you're born to a Brown family, you are either, you know, a doctor or lawyer or engineer, or just a disgrace to the family. It's your choice at that point. So um, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, but then I started taking acting classes and I was in love. I was like, oh my God, I got to do this. Like, this is amazing. So I start, you know, I take on acting, I start taking it seriously. Um, and that kind of led itself to um, some hosting work and spokesperson work. And 
um, kind of the turnaround event, like the, the event that, that kind of set this all in motion, I would say is, um, I really started to fall in love with like MC work and hosting gigs, but then there was the Indy Grand Prix that came to Houston in 2015, right? So that was the first time it returned to Houston and it was a big deal. And, um, it was, you know, like everyone was excited about it. And I ended up <laughs> finagling my way into hosting this, this event. Um, and I kind of, I kind of pulled a fake to you make it to, to land that event because they were looking for somebody that was like ear prompter proficient and had an ear prompter. And I don't know if you know what that is. I had no clue what that was. And so basically what an ear prompter is, it's, it's just a recorder where you um, like read your script into this recorder and you say it as you hear it. Right. Um, so oh, I totally, wow. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't think I was ever going to, this was one of those gigs that like, there's no, I didn't think I was ever going to land this. And I was already working in Dallas at the state fair. And I figured there's no way I'm going to be able to land this. So I just threw my hat in the ring and forgot about it. And I was out in Dallas actually hosting with the Florida lottery. And then suddenly I, you know, I get this email saying, Hey, uh, we really liked your reel. Like we'd love to get you booked. Are you available? And I was like, for what? Like I completely forgot about it at that point. And they, they were like, you, you know, you applied to be the host for the Indy Grand Prix. And I was like, Holy shit. I booked that. Like, and um so do you have your ear prompter and are you all set and i was like yep (laughs) and i was not so um to give you the nutshell version i i um i tried to track down and do some research on how to become ear prompter proficient it really did not work out for me so i just was like you know what i i don't know what i'm gonna do i'll figure it out as i go and i showed up um and it was it was a three-day event, but there was the media day right beforehand. I show up and I'm walking in, honestly, got prepared to get fired. I was like, oh, this sucks. I, cause I left the other job. I was, I was still doing the Florida lottery event. I left that event, lost out on that money and then came to take on this event. And I was like, and I'm going to get fired on my first day. This, this really sucks. I put myself in a situation here. And so I walk in, I talk to the lady, the coordinator, and she's there. She's like walking around busy with her clipboard. And she basically is you know, she's like, are you ready? Are you prepared? This and that. I was like, so yeah, about this ear prompter thing. Uh, she was like, yeah. She was like, you know, if you, if you don't have it today, that's okay. She's like, if, um, she was like, it's a media day. So we're really just going to be doing a lot of run throughs. Um, and I was like, so I noticed that the script was like really, really dense. Um, you know, I was like, is there any way that I could possibly just, you know, make bullet points and just you know, improvise kind of the rest and really engage with the audience. And she was like, are you comfortable with doing that? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, please. Yes. <laughs> right. And so she, she's like, all right, well, let's give it a try. It's a media day. So we don't have an actual, like, there's not going to be a full crowd or anything here. So let's see how it goes. And if it works out, cool. So we do it. Everybody loved it. Um, she was on board. I was like, oh, thank God. And so and so the event carried on. Um, wow. Mind you, I know nothing of the Indy Grand, like like just the race car world in general. I'm not familiar with it at all. My brothers, my dad, on the other hand, they're all about it. Like they're total gearheads, right? So um, I got the opportunity to interview like the race car drivers. And at the time, like Helio Castroneves was, you know, the mm-hmm. it guy. Now I knew him from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know him from the Indy Grand Prix. But um, 
I kind of like after I did my media day and I just felt so comfortable, it was an instant ego boost, right? So I was suddenly just like, I'm Oprah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I got this. This is cake. And so um, now I'm like trying to use all of my creative freedoms. And I basically ask her like, hey, can I ask these guys like my own set of questions? Because they gave me a set of questions to ask everyone. And um, she was like, yeah, sure. So I basically, I talked to him and like that interview went really well and he really enjoyed it. We had fun. I ended up getting him to dance a little bit. Um, and so the crowd enjoyed it and it was just such an invigorating event. And then I got the opportunity, the final guest to interview was Roger Pinsky. Now for people who are familiar with the IndyCar world, um, or people that are doing really, really well for themselves are familiar with Roger Pinsky. Like most people have seen Pinsky trucks driving around and don't even realize it. Right. So this man is like the Steve Jobs of the Indy Grand Prix world. And I had no idea. I just thought he was like a nice old guy who was also a part of one of the racing teams. I mean, I knew he was, he was like, you know, obviously someone of importance within this, within the realm of this event, but I didn't realize he was the man like signing our checks. Like, it's like, I'm at Apple interviewing Steve Jobs thinking Steve Jobs is just another, you know, he's a fancy corporate guy that works in this, this business. Right. So, um, you know, they gave me like talking, like talking points and, and questions to ask and stuff like that. So I didn't know too much about him, obviously, but I was just in this groove. I was in this flow of feeling like, you know, I'm going to let this conversation go where it wants to go. So I started off kind of talk with him. And then as he's talking and slowly kind of telling his story, I'm just like, I'm genuinely organically fascinated. I'm like, man, this guy's like really cool. Like he's been through a lot. And so, um, I go through this interview. We just have like a truly organic conversation and it turns out really great. And then it ends. Um, and I just thought he was like the sweetest old guy. And so we're sitting there, we're posing for like pictures and like, like the media and all that stuff is, as they're trying to get those last minute um, shots. And then he kind of like, as, as we're standing there, he kind of like turns to me and he's like, he's like, so like, do you do this often? Or is this, you know, is this your full-time gig? And I was like, oh no, I was like, this is just a, like a gig. He was like, oh, you don't do this full time? I was like, no. He was like, well, you're really good at it. He was like, it's the best interview I've had all day. He was like, you should probably consider consider this as a career path. And who knew this man's words would set off a, a chain reaction, right? Because, I mean, I knew I loved everything that was happening, but it never clicked to me because I had already just had it in my mind, like, I'm going to be an actor. And so when he said that and I was like, it, it just, it all came together, right? At that moment, I was like, yeah, why don't I do this full time? Like, this is what I want to do forever because I literally had a call time of 6, I had to be there at like by 6.30 a.m. And then I would work until like maybe 7, 8-ish. Mm-hmm. And the day flew by. Like it was, I mean, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, I'm like, oh my God, it's over already? And, you know, everybody else is like, God, get me out of here. What is she talking about? Like, everybody's ready to go home, including the race car drivers. So, like, um, I basically uh, at that point just kind of took that to heart and realized, like, yeah, this is this is definitely the road that I want to take. And um, I really tried to get my foot kind of in the door with it. And, you know, with being in traditional broadcast, you kind of get met with a lot of um, red tape, right? Your corporate red tape. Because there's there, even though the Hollywood industry and, and, and what traditional TV media is, is 
they run kind of parallel to each other, but they don't necessarily intersect. Right. So yeah. uh, I think most people that work within film or entertainment genuinely understand like, Oh, I have an agent. I go out to auditions. Your resume looks more like a list of just random productions you've been a part of. Um, whereas that traditional broadcast side gives you more of that corporate feel where it's like, you're going to have, they're kind of expecting like, where's your, where's your, where are your dues? Like what market have you worked in before? What station have you been on? It's all about the market. Right. So selling my experience, despite the fact that it, it translated wasn't enough. And that's when I decided, okay, I have to go back to school. I have to go about this. I have to go into the industry in the traditional route. Right. So that's what I did. Um, I went back to broadcast school. Uh, I went to you, went back to U of H, majored in broadcast journalism. And um, I, that's when I got my internship at Channel 2. Then that led to the assignment editor position. From that, I became a digital producer over at Channel 13. Got laid off six months into the job. But the funny thing is, is that was also the same year I graduated. And it was also amazing because, I mean, had I actually graduated on time, I wouldn't have had the experience that I had because ABC 13 let me cover my own graduation um, for the station because it was graduation time. So it was a kind of a, a timely topic, but I basically got to tell the story of my graduation during that time um, as a part of it. And it was, it was amazing to be able to share that and like be able to, you know, share. I connected with a lot of people that reached out to me after that, that were like, it's so relieving to see somebody going back to school at 30. I was worried that it was too late for me. And like hearing that was so, so fulfilling. Like, I was like, wow, like here I was thinking I was the only one. And there are so many other people out there that are kind of going through the same thing. Um, so yeah, um, I went to school, I ended up graduating. And then I was so at that, the moment I got my degree in my hand, I was like, okay, I have to land my on-air gig. I have to like, um, and I think everything happens for a reason because honestly, I was pretty comfortable at channel 13 as a digital producer, even though it wasn't exactly the role that I wanted. Um, but I figured, you know, I'm going to hold on to this until I can, can get somewhere else. And then I got laid off and then it was like, it's not your choice, sweetheart. You got to go somewhere else. Now you got, you said you wanted an on-air position, like find it. And so that's what it started doing. And I ended up landing a role out in San Antonio. Um, so I was a lifestyle correspondent and that was my first on-air role for a lifestyle show that aired in uh, regionally in Texas. So it aired in San Antonio, Corpus Christi, the Rio Grande Valley. They went on to acquire Beaumont. So um, it was a part-time job and yeah. It, so here's the thing. Everyone sees things from the outside, but they don't yeah. see, you don't see the, the things that had, like everyone sees the, the happy parts or the fun parts, but like, you don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. Right. So I am excited to have this job because I'm like, I got my foot in the door. I got my badge. Like nobody can take this away from me, now. but it was a part-time job. And I was lucky enough that I was landing enough freelance work as a host at the time that it kind of balanced that out. But I was essentially paying to work because I wasn't gonna relocate to San Antonio for a part-time job, right? So I was in Houston. I just continued to stay in Houston and I worked out of San Antonio. So every week I would drive out to San Antonio and 
I would work out of San Antonio and then they were hiring me on to open the show in these new markets. So then I got brought on to open the show out in um, Corpus first. Mm -hmm. And so I would drive from Houston to San Antonio, which is three hours. And then I would stay there a day. And then my photographer and I would drive head out to, to Corpus Christi at that point, which is about another two and a half hours. Then do all of our shoots, come back, drive back to San Antonio, finish up, and then drive back to Houston. Did this every week for almost a year. And wow. the reason why I took this on um, was because, I mean, one of the things that really appealed to me about it was um, the fact that this show was supposed to open up in Houston. It was eventually supposed to open up in right. Houston because there was a merger that was supposed to happen between these parent companies. That merger fell through. They didn't tell me that. Um, and so I ended up, uh, at that point, I just kind of started getting this feeling, which is something that like, I always tell people like, make sure that you are not putting all your eggs in one basket. Cause that's essentially what I was doing. And, um, something just kind of was eating at me to be like, you know what, get your reel together and shoot it out and just see what happens. Um, and so that's what I started doing. Sure enough, the merger fell through I had sent out my resume and my demo reel to quite a few places. And then I hear back from Jacksonville, Florida, and they bring me on to be the host for their lifestyle show. So I, you know, I flew out there, I took that on and I was super excited. It was like, at that point I was on track for everything that I wanted. Cause I wanted to be a lifestyle host. And one of my goals was I wanted 100% of my income to come straight from what it is that I want to do full time. Like I didn't, I was tired of like hustle here, hustle there, go to this audition, come back, make that work, you know, like spinning all these plates to try to, you know, just kind of catch my, my break. So, um, I took on the Jacksonville, Florida role and I, that was by far one of my, biggest growing experiences. I mean, I grew personally and professionally, honestly, during that time. Like I would not, I went through quite a bit, like <laughs> in every capacity you could imagine emotionally, mentally. Um, and coming out of it though, I like looking back, honestly, you know what it's like, I would not change a thing because I wouldn't be where I'm at today because I, as I was taking that job and I, I took it and I, you know, I'm in Jacksonville, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, you know, continuing on with the the show and then, um, you know, my contract's up. And at that point, I'm really looking to kind of make my jump to the next market. And I got to tell you, and anyone that's in this industry knows exactly what I'm talking about, where you get that, that, um, it's like the doubt starts to creep in. Right. Like, and then, and then it spirals and you're just like, because at that point, you know, I've like started to put my resume out in different places. I've sent my reel out and, you know, I hadn't heard anything and it's just so quiet. And then of course you have COVID happening. So that's just all kinds of crazy at that point. Like, don't even get me started. Right. And then suddenly I, I get this ping for this job out in Tampa, Florida, and I am dying to get this job. Like it's a, it's another lifestyle host position. Um, it's with a bigger show. The co-host that's on that show seems like a lot of fun. I like everything about this job seems 
absolutely appealing to me, right? And at the time I was in a relationship. So it was one of those things where I was like, this kind of just fits everything. It would be convenient for both of us. It would be convenient for me. It's just, it's everything that I want. Like, and I was so convinced. And sure enough, the job fell through. I got through, I mean, I felt like the job was mine. I went through every aspect of the, of the interview. I got such great, great feedback from like the people that were like, you know, hiring me on. And then there was nothing. There was just radio silence. And I was just, I felt so defeated. Um, I, it was just like crickets and like any other job that I, I sent out for. It, it just kind of was, it just kind of felt like one rejection after the next. And I was like, I may never get out of here. <laughs> like I, this may, maybe I reached my peak. Maybe this is as good as I was supposed to get. And, and there, and there it goes, right? Like there, there starts that spiral. Um, and it's funny because I remember being in Jacksonville and I just had this moment of like, I can't, I can't keep feeling like this anymore. Like I just, I can't, I, I'm just going to hunker down and focus and, you know, whatever is going to happen or come my way is just going to happen. And I'm just going to have to keep knocking on every door until something opens. I was like, cause you know, you kind of have to have that talk with you. Like, wait, wait a minute. You've done this. You've done this before. You've been rejected way worse. <laughs> like you actually have a job in your hand this time. Like, um, so I ended up, uh, I didn't hear back from that job. And then I got offered another job at that same station. I had, you know, but it was for a role that I didn't 100% want. It was very appealing. And then I turned it down. And after that, I started to think like, oh crap, did I make a mistake? Like, should I, why did I turn that job down? Like, maybe that was my opportunity. Like how, why did I shoot myself in the foot? And so now I'm second guessing myself, my agent, bless her heart, who is literally the person that like shakes me out of it. And she's like, Hattie, get it together. She was like, look, you made like stand by your choices. It felt, it didn't feel right. Like stick by it. It's fine. Like she was like, I know it's starting to get unnerving, but like, you're good. And sometimes you just need to hear that from somebody else, right? You just need somebody to kind of smack you like awake and out of your crap. And so, um, sure enough, suddenly she hits me up and she's like, Hey, I heard back from the list and I was like, the list. So I applied for the list. I would say like, I mean, it had been a couple of months. I just, that was, again, it was one of those jobs. That I was like, I don't know if I'll actually land that. Cause it's, it's a national gig. It's a big show. I'm sure they're getting thousands of submissions. I just didn't, right. I didn't put all my eggs in that. I just kind of, it was, it really was kind of like the shell gig. It was like, I'm going to apply for this and forget about it. And I did. So when she, she called, like she calls me or, or she messages me and she's like, Hey, you know, we, we heard from the list. I was like, seriously. And she was like, yeah. She was like, but, um, she was like, there, nothing major. Just, they kind of were just, they showed some interest and that was it. And I was like, okay. So I still didn't get my hopes up. And then I get a call from, eventually I get a text from the recruiter and I end up talking to him and you know, it's like one thing leads to the next. And I was just like, wow, it's, this is going really, really well. And there was a part of me that still didn't want to like wrap my mind around the fact that like, cause you know, <laughs> I've been burned before. Right. Like, so I was like, no, 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 not this time. Like, yes, I want this job. Yes. I, I, I would be ecstatic if I landed, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go all in on, on <laughs> emotionally on this job. And 
Um, so that job came along, another job in Denver came along. And the funny thing is, is I would, would have been okay with either one. And I actually started to lean towards the Denver one because that one seemed more realistic for me. And, um, next thing I know, I get a call from the list. Uh, the recruiter calls me and it was the most nerve wracking conversation because he, he calls me and he goes, uh, he He's like, hey, if you have time to chat, because when we did the interview, he told me, hey, um, I'll call and let you know either way. If you got it, great. If not, you know, I'll let you know either way. So when he messages me, he's like, hey, you got time to chat? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, I, you know, I told him I was free whenever he was available. And he goes, well, you know, any anytime's fine. Or if you want to catch up, you know, on Monday. So in my mind, I was like, I didn't get this. This is this is the we regret to inform you phone call. That's what this is. <laughs> and so, um, I, I was like, uh, you know, I'm free anytime today. Just call me. And whenever you get a chance, so he ends up calling me, he's like, Hey Hattie. Uh, so just wanted to call you about the position. And then in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And he goes, we'd love to offer you the job. And I had to like move the phone away from my ear. So I wouldn't scream in this man's ear. Like, I flipped out. I was like, yes, I thank you. I'm in sign me up. And, um, it was, it was, I can't explain the feeling that I had because I had gone through so much and to get here. And even what I've told you now, I mean, doesn't even chip the iceberg of some of the things that I've gone through just to get to that point, but getting there and, there was a time I was working with uh, my hosting coach, like Barbara Abel. She's amazing out of New York. And she's also taken on like being a life coach and stuff. And, and her and I were working together. And I remember this is right before I was kind of, I had just started school and we wrote, uh, she was like working with me and like goal setting and kind of getting a direction going with my career. And uh, she told me to write down like, what is your goal for the next, you know, in one year? And then in, you know, what's your goal for the next five years and your goal for the next 10 years. And, um, my one year goal at the time was I, I wrote this down. I still have this journal to this day, which says, um, in one year, I want to be a lifestyle host and I want 100% of my income to come from that position. Now that one year mark was a little late. I would say it took me probably a little closer to two years instead of the one year I planned for. But my five-year goal was for my role to be national. And I am now a national correspondent for the list. And that's something that I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't, I can't formulate the words. All I can do is just ugly cry right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I know because we've had conversations about you and where your trajectory was and when you moved to Jacksonville and I've heard your struggles. You've talked to me about them and look at you now though. You manifested yeah, it's, that. It's, it's surreal. So I'm, I am beyond happy and grateful to be where I am right now. I, you know, and I'm super excited to be in Phoenix um, this is just like the city has a whole energy here. And I think maybe it's just like all the mountain ranges and stuff like that. But I, I love, I love the vibe of the city. Um, people are really great out here. So, uh, I mean, I just can't, I, I could go on and on about how, how, like how grateful I am. Um, but 
it's one of those things that I just, when you look back at it and you think, huh, I never thought that this would be where I'm at. Like if, if 34 year old me could go back and talk to even like, you know, the 26 or 27 year old me, um, that was talking to our, yeah, I was 26 at the time to Roger Pinsky and like, you know, and go, Hey, guess what? This is where you're going to be in the next few years. I wouldn't have believed it at all. <laughs> I thought I was so far away from anything that I really actually accomplished. That's incredible. That's a, an amazing story. And what people don't understand about most of the people in the news business, and I'm saying most because the high tier people are different, but they're, everybody's still under contract. And those contracts are usually one year contracts, right? Usually. So whether you're, you know, the best meteorologist in your market, you're still on got one year contracts, one or two well, or three or whatever, no. right? Right. So like, I mean, obviously like in smaller markets, you might get a, a one to two year contract. Usually they'll sure. try to keep you for at least three, but actually most contracts are between two to three years. Right. And so, yeah, they, whatever. It's not like, oh, I got a job there and you got a job until you're fired. You got a job there until your contract runs up and then you, you know, it's so I won't say cutthroat, but I think it's just different than even the movie business because the movie business, you're getting paid for whatever movie you make or whatever film you make or whatever TV show you make. And right. even that is dicey at best. But TV people are different. And I, you know, I've got a couple of friends on inside the business. So I kind of know about the contract side of it. Plus uh, it's just fascinating. And you have to go through that with, the rejection side of it too. Like you got a job and you're good and you've got a contract until, you know, whenever, depending on their calendar year or their fiscal year, wherever that ends. And you're like, you got to have a reel ready. You've got to have an agent and you've got to be prepared for the next thing. And then you have to be prepared for a, a lot of rejection. How do you deal with that? And you dealt with it. And now you're a national correspondent and I'm ridiculously happy for you. Cause, but I've seen, cause I've heard your stories, you know, of you climbing up, but how do you, how do you, what would you give, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, at the lower rung and they're trying to get there, there's all that rejection in front of them. How do you channel your thoughts like that? The only thing that kept me sane was just the fact that you don't need a hundred no, you don't need like a hundred yeses. You only need one. You can have a hundred no's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, you can have an unlimited amount of those, but you only need one. Yes. You know, so know. Um, it's just, you have to be, it's this weird balance of, you have to know when to be patient and when to be impatient. And I say this like, as if I'm like, I'm some guru of that. I'm the worst yeah. at that, <laughs> but I'm telling you that, but I, but the one thing that I know is that that is what I've learned. So you have to learn when to be patient and when to be impatient. And that is really what's only gotten me as far as I got in such a short period of time, because the entire time I was impatient, to be honest, I could have made it easier on myself and my mental psych had I been a little more patient at times, you know, at times where things did slow down. And it's like when things slow down, 
slow down with it on an emotional scale, but amp it up on an, on a, like internally slow down, but externally double it. If you are sending out your res, like to me, it's mm-hmm. like, if, if you're getting a signal of no, 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 from things that you're like, how is this happening? That means it's, it's a numbers game, right? You want to get that one. Yes. Double it. Whatever you're doing, double it. Like if you're sending out your demo reel once a day, send it out twice a day. Like, and the other thing that I would say is you have to start getting creative because for me, it's like whenever that, like, there's not always a door to knock on. Like there isn't, you're not going to walk up somewhere and be like, Oh, here's the door. Let me knock and hope someone answers. Right. Sometimes you got to climb in through a window. Sometimes you got to stalk people on LinkedIn to find out who's who, you know, and I've, I, when I was an intern at channel two, the creative services director knew who I was because I tracked him down on LinkedIn. <laughs> like, I tracked him down on LinkedIn. And I, during that time, I actually, I had a friend who worked in, in the Houston film community and, um, very like, I love this girl to death, Jessica Flores. She's, she's an actor. She's a producer. She wears it all. And she happened to be doing some scout location at the time. She hits me up and she's like, Hattie. So keep this on the hush hush. But I heard that channel two might have a lifestyle show coming soon. And we've been doing some, you know, scouting for it. And she was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to need a host or something. She's like, I'm just like, she's like, do what you want with this information. I'm just telling you because I figure maybe you can, you know, look into it. I was like, great. So I immediately, I'm like looking in, trying to figure out who, you know, I start reaching out to random people on, on LinkedIn, like to point me in the direction of who would even be over this. And then I end up meeting Mike Guerrero and till this day, we're friends. This guy is awesome uh really great guy because honestly he could have just turned turned me away and been like who are you you stalker (laughs) you know but um he was really he was really friendly um and he i guess appreciated the uh, you know the initiative because i you know he was like how do you even know about this show like people at the station don't know about this show. And I was just like, yeah, I can't, can't really reveal my sources there, Mike, but I'm going to tell you, I know the show's coming and I know you need a uh, home. So sign me up or at least let me audition. Like give me the chance to at least try for the position. Right. Um, and so, uh, I mean, that, that didn't work out um, for, sure. for reasons that obviously I ended up being an intern there instead. Um, but I knew who he was and that played a role later in who he was able to pass my resume off to. And it's like the more people you can connect with in the industry, connect with them. I would say you don't necessarily, you don't really need anyone to open a door for you, but go out and seek advice. Like I've come to find that most people in the industry are very happy to help and like point you in the right direction or share something that, you know, share some advice or insight. And that was something that I'm constantly always seeking from people that are, you know, it's like, if I'm, if I'm at level one, I am talking to people who are at level three. And I'm just like, how did you get where you got? What did you do? Yeah. Um, right. And that's really all you can do is just exhaust every option you can. Don't leave any stone unturned. Like, because you don't, you're not going to, you know, you're going to stop getting no's if you try, like if you stop, but you're also going to stop getting any potential yeses. So, right. You know. I agree. And it, 
you went and chased after a gatekeeper. That's what they call it. It's like you found the gatekeeper for that show. Even though you didn't get the job, you still, and anybody at a gatekeeper level loves people that show initiative. So you went and found a gatekeeper to, to and that's, you know, a per- persistence is always good. And like you said, if you don't try, you're going to, that's a no already. So why, why not just keep trying until you can, you're eventually, it's a numbers game. You're going to eventually get that yes. So, and that's a good thing. And that's, that's a great, for me, that's a positive attitude because, you know, part of my coaching is about your thoughts do matter. So you just got to watch them. And so when you get those negative thoughts, you don't let them spiral out. You'll find them and they're like, okay, yeah, trust your instincts, but don't let that spiral out of control. Find a way to make that positive. And you did that, you know, in every, so I think that's amazing. I'm so amazed that I didn't know the Penske story at all. And I used to watch NASCAR late and Roger Penske owns a lot of cars in NASCAR, not just the Indy cars. He's a big deal and he's ridiculously rich and he's a big deal. And you, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you just made him feel comfortable, but that's an, that's talent. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to make somebody feel that comfortable. And, and you probably gave him questions off the beaten path. I know, I'm sure they gave you some bullet points to talk to you, but that's hard to do. That guy's ridiculously wealthy, obviously, but, and has heard every interview under the book, you know, and every question, and you know this coming from the other side of the camera, you know what it's like to talk to people. And that's hard, you know, and they know what question's coming. And you made this guy feel at home like you were just at the dinner table having a conversation. That's yeah. hard to do. That's, you know. Thank you, I appreciate it. It is hard because I'm, I'm doing this podcast and I think you're my 10th episode or my 11th. I can't remember which. Well, and congrats. It, Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Well, it's, for me, this is fun. I love hearing your story and where you came from and what, makes you you and not you know yeah i think it's really cool it's your national lifestyle host that's just awesome and i'm ridiculously proud of you but and i like talking about that but i I just like talking to people and seeing what who they are and why they're there and you know what kind of thought process went through to get to you know from point a to point b i last week i talked to a gal from australia who's a content marketer i knew her because i met her online through a precursor to zoom and we've been friends ever since and it was a great podcast we talked and talked and talked and it was i smiled the whole time it was great yeah. it's fun but it's hard to do this you you made roger penske sound good i'm stuck still stuck on that i think that's really cool to me because i used to be a nascar <laughs> well, geek so. i'm sure this man doesn't even remember me and has like I'm sure he doesn't even recall, like, this interview had such a huge, I've always said that, I was like, I can't wait until I run into him again, because I yeah. know for a fact that he probably is going to be like, I, I have no idea who you are, sweetheart, like, I, yeah. he doesn't know me, I'm sure he doesn't, that was not even anything that he thought about after he left, but I'm like, you changed my life with an interview, and you don't even know it. <laughs> but yeah, we've all had that moment, though, I mean, where that light bulb came on, and I, I know where my light bulb came on to do a podcast. I, I, the coaching comes through everything I've done. And I've been a film producer, as you know, and that's basically like herding cats. So 
I've done that and I know my, and I was a computer programmer for 25 years and doing that and producing, I knew how to talk to people. I did not, and the film producer, you're going to know a little bit about what's in Video Village and you're going to know a little bit about what the director's doing, a little bit about what Craft Services does, a little bit, but you don't know everything about everything. So that, and in computer programming, it's the same way, but so I use my people skills to navigate all of that and become, in my way, relatively successful at both careers. So I knew that's going to gravitate naturally into you know, coaching because I know how to look at people and elevate them and get the best out of them. And I, I know with my coaching, that's what I do. But podcasting, I know the exact moment I had. I can tell you it was the Thursday night in the middle of COVID and I was listening to a podcast and I was listening to Joe Rogan interview Miley Cyrus. And I'm like, I got to do this. This is what I want to do. <laughs> That's all I knew. I just knew it just in the middle of that. I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. And so now it's just figuring out how to do it, you know, figuring out how to edit audio, as you know, that's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, dealing with different sounds and all that stuff, whatever. That's easy for me because I can figure stuff out. But I knew I, that was my light bulb moment. Like, I, this is what I got to do. Yeah, I, I feel was. like it's, it's, it's always really, it's really great to hear. Because I, this is, and I, I probably sound, you know, like such a hippie saying this, but I truly believe that like the universe speaks to us through different events and people like, or maybe it is all, it's our own subconscious talking to us through other people and, and, and instances or because, I, you know, I feel like even if it wasn't, it didn't happen to be Roger Pinsky of all people that said that to me, I feel like that moment was going to arrive in one capacity or another I attribute it to that interaction, but I feel like that's something like I would love for people to really do is just like, are you really listening to the things that are happening around you? I feel like there's always kind of just arrows pointing throughout life, pointing you in the direction that you, you truly want to be in. Like that's sometimes we move against ourselves, you know, um, uh-huh. un, unconsciously, like, you know, I, it, it took me a long time to build up the courage to be like, I want to be a TV host, you know, I want to be a host or I want to be an actor. It takes, it takes courage to say that because that's really a pipe dream for many people. And yeah. so to, to, to just say that and, and accept it as a truth that in itself, like, it's funny how when you decide and you kind of go after what it is that you want, things fall into place and things move out of your way as needed based on where you are. Like, I think if I got offered this position before Jacksonville, even though I would have killed to have this position, I, I don't think I was actually ready for it. I was not as ready for it as I am right now. Like the level of experience and confidence and the personal growth that I acquired brought me to a point where I'm like, I can do this, this, I can do this with no problem. Like this, I'm ready for this, like bring it on. Like I've been waiting for this. And sometimes you know that's where i say like you got to know when to be patient and when to be impatient you know because my impatience landed me back to back like i went from an intern immediately to an assignment editor immediately to a digital producer immediately to my on-air role like it was it was like i was not waiting for anyone i was hungry like let's go what's my next move like i can't be here too long i can't sit still too long and 
Jacksonville was kind of one of those things where it's like, boop, all right, you're here for two years, chill out, you know, like, and doing that kind of that whiplash of now you have to, you have to catch up mentally, emotionally, professionally, personally, like there's so many things that you're catching up on this fast train you were on pause and you're absorbing all this all at once, you know, and then I'm happy that that happened because I think that, you know, most of the time, the only thing that goes wrong is like <laughs> whatever we do. Like, I feel like nothing happens to us. We just get in our own way always. That's all. If you really, really, if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with all of your situations, you are the only thing that messed up anything in your life. Like it, nothing happened to you. Like you, there was some, some decision or choice. And I understand that like some aspects of life, they throw curveballs at you. But even then what happens and where you get yourself or where you take yourself still falls back on, on you, you know? I, Hey, you're preaching to the choir girl. Cause that's, the, <laughs> it's been, that's how I look at it. And I'm, you know, I don't have a lot of means or whatever, but I don't really care. This is, I'm at the perfect place and I'm dealing with rejection right and left with this podcast. Cause I'm asked, I'm asked, you know how it is when you go out and you're dating and you think that's person's out of your level you know, like that. But I'm asking people that are not in my level. I have, you know, and I'm still going to keep asking people because I want them on my podcast because I just want to talk to them like I'm talking to you and just have a good time and just talk. But I, I'm getting more no's than I am yeses, but I don't care. It's, this is too much fun for me. It's, this is an endorphin rush and you've been on set before and it's just like that. Or I, that endorphin rush when you just finish a story I'm sure it's yeah. the same thing. It's just like you put all, you know, all week long, you know, and you got this segment and it's great and, and it turns out perfect and you didn't flub anything. It, it's that feeling. I get that out of every podcast, almost every podcast. It's yeah. so much fun. So I'm learning from you from the rejection side, which be going to take away the be patient when you need to, but you know, watch that impatience part. Cause I'm getting a little bit impatient. Cause I really, as I was telling a friend of mine last night and I was kind of feeling kind of down in the dumps. I'm like, I just need that one guess and then it'll be all on and then everybody else will follow through. But right. I just know that's going to happen. So I do actually go ahead. Go. Oh yeah. I was going to say, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like as long as you are knocking that door will open at some point, right. you know, it might not open when you want it to. And sometimes it doesn't even open how you think it will, but it always opens at some yeah. point, you know? So I you agree. just kind of have to breathe through it. And I say this in the most hypocritical way. Oh, <laughs> I'm saying hey. this to you from the most hypocritical standpoint I possibly can. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, it's much easier to say this when you're not the one having to breathe, you know, you, but yeah. you, you, everybody can't be their own, you know, they can't be their own reality check. You can't always be your own therapist. You can't be your own personal trainer. There is a reason why, like, you need to have that external, like, just yeah. reassurance of you're on the right path. Stay with it. Yeah. So I actually, truthfully, not, not to give you a platform, but I'm not kind of fascinated by, you know, what the list is. So kind of give me this old feel about this. Cause I did some research on it and like, down where I'm at by Corpus, they are, I can't remember which station it was, but they're on at 11 o'clock during the day. 
Yeah, I, so in fact, um, I think I'm gonna I can watch tomorrow, literally. The show airs um, in over 40 markets, which was a post that I, I put on my Instagram a little recently because I found out that we also just now acquired Miami. Um, and their goals to just kind of keep expanding with the show, which is really exciting. Um, like Mm -hmm. my goal, I'm hoping fingers crossed that the show eventually makes its way to Houston. So my mom can actually watch (laughs) without having to log on anywhere. Um, because she is so tired of either downloading apps or having to (laughs) click a link to see, you know? Um, but that, uh, that's kind of one thing that like, I'm, I'm really excited about the show is to be kind of at a point where it's, it's truly growing. Um, and the parent company that that owns the list is is Scripps, and they're very um, awesome about you know uh, like looking to grow and adapt to you know the media industry is ever evolving and digital's mm-hmm. completely revamping the landscape there. So like, um, and it already has honestly, but you know when you're with a company that's forward thinking and and already kind of taken into account like, hey, how can we evolve with that? Um, I really love that about Scripps. So, um, you know, just being a part of the show and the company and the team that I work with is phenomenal. Like the people I work with are all creatives. You know, you have people that are coming from reality shows. You have people that are coming from news. You have people who are coming from like, you know, purely like entertainment backgrounds and you have people that are coming from film. So there's all kinds of just creative talent that exists in the pool that creates this show. Um, and it's amazing how much teamwork and camaraderie exists when you think about like it's a it's basically you have you have this group of forty people that that produce this content day in day out day in day out wow um, but still manage to work together collaboratively you know because that's one thing about this industry I can tell you you will come across so many people that do not care <laughs> about you or where you're at. Like there's some people who are jaded in this industry. So they're just kind of coming in, clocking in, clocking out. Their passion is, is dead, you know? And it's just like, that'll suck the life out of you working with people like that every day. Yeah. So um, this is, this is absolutely, uh, you know, an exciting time for me right now. And I, I really can't wait to see where, you know, where the rest of it all unfolds. I th- I'm loving it. And I, on a national scale, I think that's wonderful. And it's, yeah, like you said, 40 different markets. Uh, I checked, you know, I'm going to tell my family about it because they're up in Omaha. So they're going to be able to watch because I know they're in the Omaha. I looked through all the markets. It's like, wow, that's a lot of markets. And that's wonderful because it's good original programming and it's timely, good content at, you know, and then I can kind of brag, you know, because one of my friends is on it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> but, you know, you're on the entertainment side of it. They do so much more than just entertainment, though, don't they? Yeah. So it's all infotainment. Uh, the one thing I really like about it is um, this is, cool. I'm finally in a realm where I'm speaking about content that's, you know, they, they allow you to kind of be creative and you're really there to just kind of provide information in an entertaining way. And that's definitely, that speaks to me, you know? Um, and I love the fact that now, because we are serving a national audience, um, you know, while I love being able to do a lot of like local things and highlight local artists and stuff like that when I was out in Jacksonville, I love the fact that this is kind of like a broad spectrum. So now we are talking to everyone, you know? Um, and right. 
a lot of the content at that point, you know, it, it's funny. I was just talking to, to our creative services team today about that, about how excited I am about the fact that, um, you know, I get to think in a national way now creatively, even when I create content. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Like just to be a part of something like that. That is neat for you. And that's, a different type of writing too, a different type of content recreation as well. So that's oh, yeah. Yeah, brand new. Yeah. Cause local is, you know, there's a farmer's market and you're, you know, on whatever, but here you're speaking to everybody and that's kind of cool. And it's a different way to write and a different way to it produce. Really it is. It is. It is. It's, it's hard. Um, I'm definitely training a new muscle now, kind of shifting out of like, you know, I could, I could write up a, a little local script in just a, you know, a few minutes. It's not a big deal. And, and now it's, it's like, okay, <laughs> shifting gears one more time, but um, I'm learning to embrace challenges. Um, whereas before it's like, I think it's, it's very humbling when you, you take on something and you're, you're expecting yourself to be really, really good at it out of the gate, you know, mm -hmm. but when you go into a mindset of I'm always wanting to learn and not necessarily I'm always wanting to be the best because the thing is you'll eventually come to be the best once you've learned everything you need to learn. Um, and that's, that's definitely something that I've learned coming out of Jacksonville. Um, and going into this role now, I'm, I just feel like mentally I'm in the right space for it. Um, professionally I've acquired all the experience that I need to really, you know, be where I'm at. Just every, this is the first time where everything is aligned, you know, because usually there's always something off. <laughs> there's always one thing that's a little off about the situation. Um, and it's usually that you're eating ramen and wishing that you weren't. <laughs> right. Yes. Ben just on that, bought that t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I know. God, I, it's two things I want to uh, You're on in, uh, in Phoenix, right? What station yes. in Phoenix off the top of your head? Do you remember? Okay, the 15th. Good. Because I have a friend in Chandler. So I'm going to tell right. her about it. So uh, second thing, your post, which I loved, and I just read it and I wrote down is you talked about driving and you want to, your GPS and you want to just go kind of go turn by turn, not going that seventh turn down the way on your GPS. Talk about that mindset, that, how that helped you get to where you are now, where everything is aligned. So I love that post. That was, it's funny because that's something that like I post that and I, I hope that it helps someone else, but I post a lot of that stuff really is kind of like note to self, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, and And that's the truth because that's something that I struggle with. And I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's other people that do that too, but I, when you, when you're in, a, when you have a mentality of wanting to, you know, when you have such big dreams, I should say, right. When you have such yeah. big dreams and you know, you want to get there, you're thinking about all of the things that it's going to take to get here. Right. Like mm -hmm. you think of like, you, you're going to go up, like, you know, you're going to reach a temple and you have this long set of stairs you got to go through and you're thinking about, okay, well, when I'm at like the seventh hundredth stair, you know, like where would I be? Will I need water? What's going on? Like you're thinking and pre-planning for things that haven't even occurred yet. And I know that that's my mentality. A lot of it, a lot of it. I'm anticipating things that aren't even problems yet, <laughs> you know? 
And um, they're all hypothetical situations that I'm equally preparing for that might, I'm like just exerting effort and energy and emotion into something that is not a thing. It hasn't happened. It's only what I'm anticipating happening, which is normal for anyone that is, if you're very driven and you're ambitious and you always, you're like, you, you're always ready to kind of move forward. You can't sit still too long. It's, that's a, I feel like a natural mindset for, for those people to have. And the, the only thing I could think of, and, and it made me think of it as I'm driving, learning the streets of Phoenix, when I'm driving, you know, and I'm looking at my GPS, I'm always tempted to kind of like, look at the details, like click the details and be like, all right, where am I at? Where am I at? And it just, it, it clicked to me that I'm like, that's kind of what I do in life, right? Like I'm constantly trying to look about like seven steps ahead to, to make sure like, wait, so what can I expect? What do I need to be on the lookout for? Um, wow. Whereas if I actually focused on the road and where I was going, I'd probably actually learn these roads a little faster. You know, I'm also missing out on the amazing scenery that exists here because I can tell you in Texas and in Florida, you can't drive around and catch the views that you catch in Phoenix with the mountains all around you. And it just, it just dawned on me because it, it, it hit me at work, you know, um, as I was like, asking all these questions, um, just kind of pre-planning for like how I want to set my workflow and all this stuff. And my EP, um, is she, she's great. Like I, 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 by far one of my favorite people I've worked with so far, uh, she's just got this really great comforting personality that's very relatable. And so she was just like, Hattie, <laughs> she was like, you have plenty of time to get to that point. She was like, this is, this is basically the slowest your, your days are going to be like, take this time to just absorb things. And, and she was like, you're going to get it. She was like, I can tell like, you're like, you're fired up, you're ready to go. And you're, you know, just like a bull that's being held back by like, you know, so like, she was like, I know you're ready to get out there. She's like, take it easy and just absorb this time. Cause she was like, trust me, we're going to have plenty of time to like double your workload. And you know what I mean? Like there's going to be plenty mm -hmm. of time for you to exhaust yourself. Don't do it so early in the game. Um, yeah. And that just sat with me and it made me realize I'm like, I, I do that a lot, right? Like um, it's, it's very easy to get lost in the things you got to prep for the things that you need later or what could possibly happen or all the what ifs or, you know um, but the truth is, is, all you can do is line up the ducks in a row that are right in front of you and then just keep moving until, you know, and then adapt with whatever that next situation is. And if that is something I'm saying, and it's much easier to say, much easier to say than to do, you know? It is, but it's also like, if you get into that mindset and just my only advice is just take four, uh, four count deep breath in and literally hold it for four counts and then exhale for four. That, that, automatically slows your brain down yeah it's scientific scientifically proven so i think that's wonderful for you because i just think that's but we are all like that in a little bit of a sense and i gotta plug in my laptop while i'm doing this but we're all like that in the in the sense that we get a little bit of ahead of ourselves everybody does it i do it uh you know my dog doesn't she's just <laughs> She's one step here, one step there, and then we're done, you know, yeah. whatever. And got a, I, I had a moment last week because she's just turned 13 last week and 13 oh. human years. I adopted her in Houston from the SPCA and it just 
like, wow. She's been with me. Well, it'll be 13 years in August that she'll been with me because she survived Hurricane Ike with me in 2008. And I just can't believe that she's, this dog has been with me for that long. It's just, yeah. so, and I'm like, and the only way it got there is to go step by step, turn by turn. I didn't think 13 years later that I've got, you know, I'm going to have a dog and she's going to be <laughs> with me and go from Houston to LA and now down to Rockport. So. That's amazing. It, it is, but I have. That's your built, first family right there. Yeah. That, you know, at, She's awesome, and I'm blessed to have her. You know, she gets needy when I'm on podcasts, but I don't care. And I, because I tell most everybody, I'm like, all right, she might bark, whatever. Don't worry about it. She might bark. Yeah. Who cares? Do you want to drop anything else out there for, about where you're at, and or you good? You have anything you want to talk about? Because I've exhausted it. I. I tried to make this a conversation, not an interview, because I don't like interviews. Interviews yeah. are boring. Conversations are the I best. Honestly, it's nice to have like a lot of interaction. I got to say, this is one thing that I'm definitely struggling with here, because um, I, you know, being in the industry and then going from my job being around people all day and mm -hmm. interacting with people and. Uh, having that just immediately stripped away is tough, you know? And then you're dealing with a t like a computer screen or a phone screen, like your everything is on a screen now, like nothing is actually real. Um, so that is definitely something that's been tough. And I'm really, really looking forward to being able to actually get back out into the physical world, <laughs> into right. a physical studio, into, you know, just the realm of working physically. Um, I, I, and it's funny because I remember like, you know, when I first got the call saying, hey, you're going to work from home. I was like, how's that even going to work? And then, you know, then it kind of happened. And at first it's almost like, well, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, I, right. I can hop over and be at work in two minutes. I, you know, my work is literally across the hall. Like, but I mean, I, I think it was probably like just a couple of months of that. And I was like, I, I cannot, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to feel some sense of like, normalcy like things things got to go back to normal soon so um right now i'm really hoping that 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 fingers crossed that that's, agreed that's agreed in the near future yeah well i'm really proud of you i you know i've we've talked a lot on and off when i was in la and and now that i'm back in texas and so we'll get the word out get get more people watching you guys because I know you guys are working really hard and I just think it's good content too. There's some good stuff on there that I, you know, I'm going to go back and look at anyway, because I like it and I yeah. like, no, I, it's good stuff. It's, it's relevant. I mean, there was one, you know, financial tips and things like that, which is always good, you know, and not just entertainment news and what Brad Pitt's doing, you know, whatever, you know, it's still right. all the other goods. There's, like really good stuff there absolutely all yeah. facets of your life right there you know and being shown on your local tv stations or you can go to the web and read it you can read articles and it's all forms of content too it's not just video it's everything which i love yeah, yeah so, absolutely and well you want to tell people where they can find you or and how do they find you on live on the the list, I like the name, the list. I'm getting used to that. 
yeah, so uh, you can actually, uh, you can find me and uh, you'll eventually see my work up there soon um, at thelist.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, all of my social handles pretty much are Hattie the Host. Good, perfect. I'm so proud of you. It's great for us to catch up too. Well, Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate well, this. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you worked a long day today and had to come home and Rex eat and then come do this. So go enjoy the rest of your evening and I appreciate it. And then we'll catch up later. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. You bet. Bye.